All right, well, welcome back, apes. Thank you guys very much once again for joining us on yet another installment of the Daily Peel live stream here. As you guys can see, I've been flown out. I am no longer in the Daily Peel global headquarters today. Uh, we're talking about China, so naturally, given the strong performance of WSO Alpha, the company was able to fly me out. I reported straight from the gray wall here this morning, as you guys can see. Beautiful day here in China. Uh, we got the sun setting. Everything is all good, except it's not all good from Moody's perspective. And we'll definitely see how that comes into play uh, just a little bit down below. What we got for you guys today, we have edition number 600 of the Daily Peel. Can you believe it? Already been 600 editions here. Uh, I can't believe that we're still going, but still, it's been a great time here with you guys. Once again, we're coming at you live, like I said, not from the Daily Peel Global Headquarters, but from the Great Wall of China here this morning. It is 10.46 a.m. Eastern Time uh, on, of course, Wednesday, December 6th, 2023. Markets are off to a bit of a mixed start here this morning. Not a whole lot going on. Uh, now, the indices are still showing green for the time, but they're definitely trending lower, so we'll see what's going on there. But we've got some stuff from yesterday to talk about, so let's go ahead and dive right in. It is jobs week here in the United States, so we're getting a lot of uh, payroll report data and all the other fun stuff that comes along with that. We got the Jolt stuff on Tuesday, so we're going to be talking about that here. We also got some ADP numbers out this morning, so we'll definitely take a second and dive into that as well, see what's going on and see how many of you guys lost your jobs this past month or maybe gained jobs. Who knows? Maybe we're done disappointing with family and we can actually have something positive to talk about by Christmas because we all know how bad Thanksgiving went. Now, of course, we do have a couple of stocks to talk about as well. GitLab and Big Dog Apple had a solid day, while Album Marley and the sick-ass Sphere out in Las Vegas suffered pretty heavily, but we'll get into exactly why. Then, of course, finally, we'll talk about why I'm here in China towards the very end of the conversation. But overall, markets yesterday did have a basically flat performance once again, ranging from a fall of 22 bips for the Dow up to about a gain of 31 bips for the NASDAQ. But the Russell 2K really went off with a 1.34% sell-off. It was a tough day for them, a tough day for small caps. Uh, and once again, mega caps were just kind of dominating the conversation. Seemed to be a bit of a rotation for what we saw in November. Now, somehow, the geniuses, absolute big brains over at WSO Alpha, still managed to perform uh, pretty well, rising 40 basis points or 0.4% on the day, outperforming all the indices for a whole entire day. I personally couldn't believe it. I guess uh, it really is true that a broke clock is right twice a day. And these guys are living proof. Bonds also reached their lowest level since this summer. They gave us a little bit of action yesterday and gave us actually something worth talking about. So we saw the 10-year actually falls out as 4.175%, level not seen since late September, while the two-year was back down in the mid-fours, about 4.5%. That hasn't been seen since about July, beginning of August. Uh, so it was interesting to see that sell-off taking place. Moving on to some banana bits, some stories of the day that weren't worth our time to actually talk about, but we wanted to highlight to you guys. Looks like semi-inventory might be... Uh, on the way down. So, of course, NVIDIA has had one of the best years of any company, literally in the history of the entire world, probably. And we're, of course, have been finding out why, seeing that revenue numbers with all those chips that are being bought, according to JP Morgan, might be a little bit too much. We might start to see those prices decline, uh, but it'll definitely be something worth looking out for, especially in 2024. Now, moving on down below to the AI story, the next couple of things we want to shout out, obviously, are all about artificial intelligence. Now, despite being an artificial intelligence company, OpenAI apparently doesn't have the intelligence to realize why they even fired their own CEO and founder. Nobody really knows. They certainly don't know themselves, but seems like all is fine back in Wild Wild Land over there. Going on to their biggest competitor, we have XAI. They're looking to raise about a billion dollars. 
Elon is the richest person alive with about a $220 billion fortune, according to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index as of yesterday. Now, he's asking you to lend him a couple of dollars. I mean, do you mind? He just needs you to spot him for a little bit. He's only the richest man on earth. What else could he be asking for? Moving on to today's big story or today's macro story. We did get the Jolt's job report yesterday. Jolt's, for those that don't remember or don't pay attention in economics class, just like I did, is the job openings and labor turnover survey. Essentially, this is telling us how many employers are, or you know, how many open roles are available at all these employers across the country. Also gives us information on quit rates, separations, and a whole bunch of other stuff that comes along with that. Now, for the first time since C19 showed up, you might get away with not disappointing your parents as a result of this Jolt report. I'm sure you guys have heard time and time again, as I have, that, you know, there's 1.8 jobs open for every unemployed person. Did you get one? I mean, thanks, Dad, for the messages and the vote of confidence to think that I could actually hold a job. But still, it seems like the rest of the economy is catching up to me at this point and just simply uh, just giving up on that dream. So there's not that many, not nearly as many jobs available now. Things fell to about 8.7 million total openings. That's still well above one job for every here in the United States. But still, knowing that might be able to get mom and dad off your back for a little bit. And we did get some other data, of course. The job opening rate moved lower by about 0.3% to 5.3%. That is a continuation of the direction that we've been seeing. The job opening rate has been trending lower, but this was a much better step than we've seen recently. So it's once again kind of solidifying that idea that the labor market might be on shaky ground. It might push us. Uh, into a little bit slower economic growth, potentially even a recession in 2024 and maybe the latter half, maybe 2025. Nobody really knows. I mean, trying to predict this stuff is like trying to predict, what's the quote? It's like trying to predict uh, the stars under a cloudy sky or something like that. It is absolute nonsense. But of course, our favorite thing to do here at The Daily Peel is to speculate wildly. So we're going to do it anyway. Now, one of the biggest things of this report as it relates to you and your career is that finance and insurance jobs were hit the hardest of any sector uh, with job openings falling 2.3%. Shout out to any December grads, any May grads. It's probably going to be even worse for you getting into the industry. Definitely go ahead and check out the WSO Academy because we can definitely help you out even this, even in this fairly tough market. Uh, that's a great opportunity for a shameless plug there. Didn't even plan on saying that, but I guess we'll roll with it. But as we continue down below, essentially the main thing to consider in the wake of this report is that uh, the labor market is slowing. That means wage growth is going to be slowing. That should also temper down inflation, but that also means a tempering down in consumer spending, which is, of course, what drives this entire economy. Of course, everything's a trade-off. We can't index things in economics during financial markets. So even when things are going well, we're still going to be suffering. We can go ahead and take a look. This is the job report here. We can see things are falling a little bit steeper. Uh, but what I really wanted to highlight for you guys today was this ADP uh, the ADP National Employment Report. ADP is that big provider that probably pays your paycheck, to be quite honest. And because of all that data they have, they come out with their own private report. Now, they gave us uh, that information on the next slide here. But they had this really cringe tweet down here advertising one of their other uh, articles to try to get more clicks, obviously. So I just wanted to highlight how cringe this was. But for now, we can go ahead and move over and take a look at the report. 103,000 jobs added. This came out this morning. And this is a great kind of preview for what we're going to see on Friday. This is much lower than what economists have been pricing in at about 128,000. We also saw the October number get revised lower uh, to about 106,000 as well. So definitely moving in the wrong direction from a consumer spending and labor market strike standpoint. But J-Pal loves to see it because remember the Fed chair wants you to be poor. He hates when you make money. It makes him a little bit jealous. I can't tell you why. That's why he's trying to destroy your livelihood with these rate hikes. And so that's exactly what we're kind of seeing play out now. Uh, of course, 
this has been kind of the main goal the entire time, trying to achieve that soft landing. We'll see if they can actually do it because, like we saw what the wise investor says the other day, disinflation is a very difficult thing to control. But hey, we'll see if they can do it. If anybody can, it's absolutely our boy Jay Powell. Moving on down below to what's right for the day, we have GitLab first and foremost. This is one of those companies that you hear about all the time, but personally, I couldn't articulate what they do to a four-year-old if they asked me to do it. Um, now, after looking into it yesterday, they are a software development platform. Did seem like they had a fairly solid day of 11.45%, thanks to a fairly solid quarter as well. So sales came in pretty strong, which was the big thing this quarter, as we all know. Investors want to make sure that demand is still existent for their companies. And EPS beat as well, so it was definitely a strong quarter, driven obviously by the rollout of more advanced AI tools. Moving on down below to the big dog Apple, we do have a $3 trillion stock in existence once again. Apple is back to the club. Too bad nobody else is in that club. It's got to be pretty lonely up there, but still, I'm sure shareholders aren't complaining. Uh, now, Apple moved back up there on a report that the App Store performed pretty well this quarter. Keep in mind, the App Store literally robs everything on their platform of about 30% um, of their overall funds. They're seeing revenue, revenue excuse me, up over 11% already in this quarter alone, at least according to analysts over at Bank of America. We'll see how that plays out in January and February when earnings season comes around. But we know it's not going to be looking good for Albemarle later. We're pretty, we're, you know, the market seems pretty fairly sure that it's not going to be looking good for Albemarle. This company is one of the largest lithium producers in the world. They happen to be the largest lithium supplier of the electric vehicle industry. I can't imagine a worse position to want to be in at this point right now, given that lithium prices have absolutely plummeted, uh, falling more than 70.5% in just a year, just under a year, quite honestly, because they were as high as about the $85,000 range in early 2023 falling down to about 25000 even lower today. So it's an absolutely disgusting market to be a part of. Nobody wants clean energy. Everybody wants to pollute going forward. But honestly, it's getting a little bit cold out right now. So maybe the earth could use a little bit more heating. I mean, I definitely wouldn't be too mad if it was a little bit warmer. Now, moving on down below to the Sphere Entertainment. I don't understand how something so sick could possibly lose value. But apparently that's what happened yesterday. This company lost 15.5% of its value overall. And so what we saw was Sphere Entertainment announced the uh, sale of about $225 million worth of senior convertible notes with the option to purchase an additional $33.75 million. Uh, so this came as quite a surprise to investors. They already have $451 million on their, or closer to $452 million on their balance sheet. So it's the question of, wait a minute, why do you need more cash? What's going so badly that you could need more cash for this? And then, of course, it's the dilutive effect as well. By 2028, if not sooner, these the purchasers of these convertible notes will be able to convert that into equity, increasing the share flow, decreasing the uh, kind of holding percentage of every investor that already holds shares. So they're going to be pissed. Luckily, we have about four years to prepare for it. But either way, investors were hating on that for now. Now, of course, the reason that I'm in China here today is because Moody's is getting a bit of a mood about this country. They did the same thing to the U.S. Uh, just about a month or so ago. But Moody's came out, I guess, in the meantime, they were analyzing China. And they came out and they did basically the same thing. Downgraded their outlook on China's credit rating from stable to negative. At the same time, they did keep that long-term rating of A1. It's a little bit lower than the rating of the United States or the European Union or other places like that. Uh, but essentially, the fears come as a, a huge debt buildup. Now, we do have a bit of a video here. We're going to show about 30 seconds of the Yahoo Finance uh, kind of report to give you guys a quick summary here. I think that we can pull it up now. 
All right, Brad, let's take a look at one of the other big headlines that we're following this morning and more trouble for China. Moody is cutting its credit outlook for the world's second largest economy to negative from stable, citing worries about rising debt levels, persistently lower medium term economic growth, as well as a downward spiral of its property sector. Now, of course, this isn't too surprising, maybe given that China's post. All right, so you're going to stop right there. I mean, that's basically the whole story. It seems uh, there's a lot of tough stuff going on. That debt level is building on the national stage because local governments are needing a lot more support given that the real estate market has absolutely collapsed, collapsed, and they made well over a third of their revenue from land sales to those kinds of companies. Without those buyers there, it's going to be tough. But the more interesting part of the story was actually the long-term view. So they're expecting growth up to 2030 to kind of average out to about three and a half to four percent or so that's much lower than what we've seen so far in this century and the reason for it is largely uh because of population or because of demographics don't even get us started on the 2030 growth rate but i want to show you guys something cool over here so this is what's called a population pyramid it shows the distribution of ages for any country and as you can see this is the united states it's a decent shape it kind of looks like a bit of a rocket ship uh, now, this is kind of what you want to see. You want as many young people compared to old people as possible because it's the younger people in this age range of about 20 to 40 that are going to be supporting the older and the younger people in the group. If we go ahead and take a look at a country like India, this is exactly what countries want to see. As you can see, it's giant in these ranges, very small up here. Now, of course, we want our populations living longer, but we want younger people to be able to su support that population. So keep in mind, this is kind of exactly what you want to be seeing. Now, if we go ahead and move over to China, it's a bit of a different story over here. It's kind of a bubbling rocket ship. Look, at the really concerning part about this is really this age range down here. The 0 to 9 age range is very small, as well as the 20 to 24, 25 to 29. Those age ranges are kind of prime working conditions and support this older population. The real problem here is the massive waiting to the upside to that older generation. That's going to be a drag on growth because those people are the kind of people who are relying on social security and other kind of benefits like that. That's all powered by the tax base of the working class. So China's seen some trouble going forward on that front. Uh, there's a lot of different takes out there in terms of how that'll actually play out over time. But if we go ahead down to our quote of the day, this is from some philosophy dude, way too smart for me, but he said demographics are destiny, which was definitely applicable for us. We'll see how that plays out in China india the united states going forward it's going to be a fun century looking into all that stuff but anyways thank you guys very much for uh coming and spending the time with us here in china it's a little bit late at night over here because it is 11 a.m eastern time now uh so i'm gonna go ahead and get to bed but i will see you guys tomorrow hopefully i'll be back in the united states but hey you never know thanks again for joining us and happy trading and thanks to you my listeners at wall street oasis if you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.